Hey, it's Bob Fibbs, The Retail Doc. Thanks for joining me on my podcast, Tell Me Something Good About Retail, where I interview some of the best entrepreneurs and retailers and people who deal with retail in a new and exciting podcast format each week. So join me live here, or you can also find out more about me at retaildoc.com. That's R-E-T-A-I-L-D-O-C.com. Let's get going. Today I'm interviewing Jamie Betancourt with Mood Media, and she shares three things about how scent triggers memories, how music includes not just the type, but also the lyrics, and also to expand on what is the space being used to do, and when you understand that, you see how music and scent can help really create the right mood in a brick-and-mortar store. Thanks for, for having me here. So I've always loved retail ever since I, you know, in high school and in college, worked at several fashion brands and everything from Ann Taylor, Nine West, uh, Bath and Body Works, Guess, and just had a, an overall passion for retail, everything from the visual merchandising to, you know, working with customers and, and all of that. And it's, it's kind of funny how I ended up into the career I am today. And it's, it, it just kind of all my passions collided whenever I um, started working at Mood Media. My part-time job became my career. I mean, I look back now and I see all the ways that I became the retail doctor. So what was your first job and how does that inform your choices of what you do now? In college, I studied media communications and, and business and, and then was kind of looking to get into a, a company that really could work with a lot of different brands a, around the world and, and landed at um, a company called Muzak at the time and oh, started okay. in, yeah, so started in the marketing department. And just got to work on a lot of really interesting projects. And, and then eventually, um, they were acquired by a company called Mood Media. And that's where I am today. So, so now I'm oh, actually, right. yeah. So I've been with the company for about 18 years. It's been a lot of different iterations and a lot of different, um, different roles and things. But it's been, a, it's been a fun ride. Well, I know you're a thought leader in, in the retail customer experience, and I think you have, you take a different tact than I do. I'm, I'm kind of more the people guy, and I think you're more the digital person. Is that correct? You know, at Mood Media, we're all about, it's an in-store media solutions company, and it's focused on customer experience and kind of the, the sensory and, and media elements, so everything from sight, sound, scent, social systems, all of those solutions that kind of create that ultimate customer experience. That's what we do. And that's what, you know, we're helping our customers create emotional connections between the brands and the customers. So that's kind of a little bit about kind of how we approach our, our clients. That's interesting. There's a Wall Street Journal article, I think, today talking about most of the music you hear in stores not licensed. That would fill right into your wheelhouse, right? Absolutely. I, I just saw that. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize, I mean, music is is such an important part of the world today. And there's B2C companies. So you're, there's companies, everybody uses music, you know, whether that's Apple Music or Spotify or Pandora. But then there's right. a very different approach when you look at a, a business music platform, because you've got to make sure that it's licensed. You got to make sure that the lyrics are right. You've got to make sure it fits with the brand and that it's authentic. And that's really where we come into play as it relates to our, our, um, our music. So can you give me an example of maybe somebody or an account, obviously not naming names, but um, you know, how, what they had been doing before and what the challenge was, and then maybe some of the results from some of the solutions you have provided. 
Sure. Well, I can kind of talk about kind of an, an interesting one, which is a company that was more of a, a product company. And they looked to us to say, you know, what, how could we bring this product into a brick and mortar space and bring that to life? And so we added, um, you know, whether that's music elements, we added visual components, we um, have different sound systems, different fragrance that we put, and all of that kind of bringing to life what they're trying to accomplish with their brand. And, and that's really what we do all day, every day, is we look at the brand, what are they trying to convey? How do they want their customers to feel when they walk in to their store and, and their retail space and, and helping them have those emotional connections? It's all about creating memories and being that place that you want people to come into. I mean, that's kind of what retail is. You want people to come in, remember you, have a connection, and to where they, they really fall in love with that brand and they come back repeatedly. Well, you make a good point. I mean, I know uh, a lot of brands have gone to signature fragrances, right? When you go into a Weston, it's that orchid smell, or you go into certain um, boutiques and crafting what that smell is. Is scent really that popular as a, is that a new thing that people are discovering? I mean, Walt Disney started it back in the 50s with pumping uh, chocolate chip cookie smells out into Disneyland to make you think that they were being handmade in the in the you know little shop next door but they've come a long way right absolutely i mean fragrance and scent is fascinating to me because you know it's it's something that triggers a memory from everybody mm. and retailers it's it's funny they love to talk about it and not a lot of people implement it i think weston's a a great example when you think about not only when you walk in uh, you have that amazing fragrance, but you think of the Weston because every single time you go somewhere in the world, they have that signature fragrance. It's, it's true. And they've then translated that into a, a retail space too, where they're, you know, they're selling, whether they sell candles or they're selling that fragrance as well. So they've really turned that into not only kind of a, a signature, you know, media element, but they've also turned that into a retail strategy. So who would you be working with? Because it's, it's kind of an interesting idea. Would you be working with the marketing department? We definitely focus on that marketing component. And, and that's kind of with everything that we do, whether that's the music strategy, whether that's the visual. And think about, think about the television and the, the digital signage strategies. You know, all of that is derived from the marketing team. But then we also yeah. work with, you know, different people you know, to implement that into the stores too. So we work with a lot of different people within an organization, but strategy is most important and content strategy. And, and that typically uh, is driven from the marketing resources. Yeah. Well, it's funny because people often think, oh, we'll just put digital uh, displays in our stores. and It'll be great. And you're like, uh, you have to program that like a television channel and you have to really be thinking because otherwise you're distracting people from the environment. That's what I've noticed. When I've seen a couple of people who have done it poorly, they just hung down like a play and then there's a, a vendor's video playing and it took my eyes away from the merchandise. And, you know, two months later it was gone. And I wondered, did they really understand what had to happen in context of everything that that goes on in that in that department? Right. Tech in stores. We always say don't do tech for you know, just to do it, you've got to have a strategy. And we always look at it in three different categories. Are you using that space to inspire, to educate, to promote? Is it to entertain? And really look at it from top down and then leveraging the assets that you've got and then 
put translating that and making sure that it's appropriate for in-store use and you want it to be consistent. So think about, right. you know, your favorite retailers, you know, what does it look like online? What does it look like in-store? You've got to have that consistent feel. And, and that's a lot of what we work with people is making sure that it does have that consistent feel and it makes mm-hmm. sense and that it's updated. That's, you know, just like what you said, programming it to make sure that, you know, that content is relevant, but it's engaging and it's, and it's not something that is, you know, the same things playing over and over. Right. What do you see as like the three most common ways people do, um, you know, uh, physical retail wrong? What would be the three biggest ones that you see time and time again? And I need so specifics I... here, Jamie. Not okay. General. Okay. Um, well, I think the first thing would be, you know, making sure that it's authentic to your brand and that's kind of everything. If you try to be things that you're not. So for example, if, and I'm, I'm totally making this up right now. Give me a specific, if you just give me like a specific of that, like you walked into a store and you know, the iPads were on every display and most of them couldn't find single signal or something or anything that you see that, you know, is always a, 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 a canary in the gold mine for you. Like, Oh, that's really a big deal. Right. So any of those kind of, that would illustrate that would be very helpful. I know I'm catching you off guard here, but no, that's okay. I mean, you know, it's interesting. Just the other day I went into a, um, you know, it's not retail, but it was a a quick serve restaurant and they had multiple screens up that were meant to be entertainment and they were blank on the wall, just black screens. That would be our number one thing is, wow, you got, if you're going to have it up there, you better make sure that it's working. You better make sure that it's right. You better make sure that somebody is monitoring that. I think that's huge. Um, uh-huh. you know, another thing is, you know, and I think everyone's experienced this when you walk into a retail space and the music is just wrong, like what, <laughs> what is going on here? You know, you hear a, a random song that doesn't make sense for, for what you're expecting in that space. You know, that's number one. It's funny just working in this business, you know, every time I go into a store, I'm listening to the music. I am listening to the mm. sound. Does it sound good? Does it, or does it sound really bad? How are their speakers? What does it sound like? And, you know, when I walk in and it's, it's right, you just feel good. It just makes you, it makes the experience really pleasant. And sometimes you don't even really notice it because it's so right and so good, but you definitely notice it when it's wrong or when yeah. there's, you know, you hear some, you know, some lyrics that don't make sense. Um, that's definitely something that, you know, definitely stands out to me when it's, it's just not right. Yeah, no, I think that makes an awful lot of sense. And I know that you had been at South by Southwest and you had been talking about the future of physical retail. Um, what, what kind of things do you think we're going to in the next five to 10 years, you think? Right. Well, you know, I think there's a couple different things. What I, what I love right now and something that is really good is that there's, you know, everyone was talking for so long about the, the retail apocalypse and everything's going sideways and, you know, what's happening with brick and mortar. And, you know, there's space for both e-commerce and brick and mortar. And you look at some of these digitally native um, companies, they're all investing in brick and mortar. And what I love is that they're pushing traditional retail to evolve and they're having to embrace new ideas, embrace the storytelling and, you know, kind of just making it more experiential versus 
transactional. I mean, the whole idea of right now is getting people to want to go into stores versus yeah. having to go into stores. And, you know, I do think there's just some, some great evolution of, of making it more experiential. I mean, nobody's ever going to take a picture of themselves and post it on Instagram as they're ordering something online, but they <laughs> will do it if, they are in store and there's something that's really cool going on or there's an amazing display. I mean, you see that all the time and they're posting that on, on Instagram. So that's kind of what I, you know, whenever I talk about, is it experiential or is it just something that's, you know, just transactional? I'm sure all the cool girls are in Sears taking Instagram photos left and right because it's the cool place to go. Right. That's, right. That's, but that's, that's it. But, all those fun things that no, I'm, I'm joshing obviously because quite simply uh, that is what they do. And um, you are looking for, you know, I, I had a I had Becky Tyre on my uh, podcast a few months ago, and she talked about how, you know, if your display can't be Instagrammable, then you need to learn how to merchandise because it makes you focus down to what's really important. Absolutely. You can't just throw a bunch of stuff up there. And I thought that was really an interesting, an interesting point. Anything else that you would add about merchandising in that? No, I mean, I think that's, I mean, I think that is the point, but making sure that it's authentic to your brand, you know, you don't want to just throw something out there that doesn't make sense for your space, just because you want to have something cool in your space. It's mm -hmm. just that whole, you know, notion of, of being authentic and, and making sure it's right. You know, another yeah. interesting thing I think that we see a lot of, you know, you asked me about trends is just the notion of data, you know, what's happening with data, how are things evolving to where, you know, retailers can have a more sophisticated and personalized approach with their customers. Some people are doing it really well and some people aren't doing it at all, but it's, you know, how are you engaging with your most valuable customers and their brand advocates? You know, how are you sharing that via social channels? How are you communicating? And, you know, your most loyal customers, what are you collecting about them that's going to help them make better decisions or help them learn about your products more? I mean, you know, we've all been, been marketed to in the right ways and then also in the wrong ways. Yeah. But, you know, I think that whoever figures that out is really going to be ahead of the game. Yeah, I think you're right. I think data is the key. The trouble is there's just so damn much of it. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're saying like, does this correlate? I was speaking to uh, the head of VP of uh, Pepsi, and they were talking about how they've done all these surveys and, you know, heat maps of stores and track people's purchases. And they were able to find out that the uh, person who buys a pineapple is most likely the one to buy a calling card and a toothbrush. And she said, so what are we supposed to do with that? <laughs> right. Are we supposed to build toothbrush displays that have uh, calling cards with pineapples? She said, it still is going to have a human element, right? To know what do we do with this? Right. And that's, I think that's also the challenge that we think that, oh, I'm just going to go have all this data and it's magically going to connect the dots and then we'll be able to do it. And sometimes that happens kind of randomly, but most time it's still going to follow an intuition, I would think. Yeah, ab absolutely. And, and everybody's different. So it's figuring out how to leverage that data and use it in the right way and, and however we figure, whoever figures that out is absolutely going to be moving in the right direction. Yeah, I would agree. What's been your biggest challenge in the past three years and how you overcame it? And that could be on any level. Oh, that's a, that's a big question. I mean, I, you know, I think for us just 
you know, some of the biggest challenges has been seeing just the shifting nature of, of brick and mortar competing with e-commerce and, and, and how do we help our clients stay ahead? How do we help them, you know, evolve and just that whole experiential, you know, element that we bring in. So it's, you know, making sure that they have the right content, the right music. And, you know, there's a lot of people investing in flagship locations and, you know, that's where all the money is. But how do you then pull that through to all of your locations, especially some of these ones that have thousands of locations and, you know, even hundreds of locations? How do you make sure that, you know, all of your locations are are getting that refresh, that are getting that, um, that element of, um, surprise and, and emotion and connection, not just a couple of those locations. Yeah. And so you would, you would say that, um, that music would still form a, the base, most basic part of all of that, right? Absolutely. I mean, music is, is at the core, How, you know, what does it sound like? What does it look like? You know, all, all of those things. And then we try to help make all the technology work on the back end. So our clients don't have to worry about that. Great. Great. Well, the name of the podcast is Tell Me Something Great About Retail. What would be one thing that you would, uh, you could tell me something great about retail, Jamie? You know, I think we're in an interesting time where a lot is changing and a lot is evolving. And, you know, like I said before, the, the digitally native stores kind of pushing traditional retail to try new things and to be experiential and just tell better stories. You know, I think that's something that is is really good and we're seeing a lot of good come from it. And the other thing too that I've heard just a lot of retailers focusing on is focusing on their employees because that at the heart of it is a huge asset that brick and mortar has. And, you know, allowing those brand ambassadors and their employees to be more knowledgeable, to have a connection with the brand, to really be an asset to a customer that's coming in to give them something more than they're going to get, you know, just being online. I would agree. I would agree. Well, that brings us towards the end of our podcast. How can they find out more about uh, either you or uh, your company? Sure. Well, you can, you can research about us, uh, moodmedia.com. And, you know, it's got all different types of things about our business and, you know, I'm available on, on LinkedIn and would love to, you know, connect with anybody that has a passion for, retail and and business. That sounds fabulous. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it, Jamie. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Tell Me Something Good About Retail. I'm your host, Bob Fibbs, the Retail Doctor. Please share the love and tell your friends to subscribe as I engage retailers to share their tips for growing your retail business. Find out more about me at retaildoc.com. That's R-E-T-A-I-L-D-O-C.com. While you're there, you can find a transcript of this podcast. You can send an email to me at bob at retaildoc.com to tell me what you thought of this episode. And or you can leave a comment and share your experience right here as it relates to what we were talking about today. Again, I hope you'll tune in for another episode and good selling.